Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You are Locked On Nuggets, your daily podcast on the Denver Nuggets. Play. Sir. Yeah. Yeah. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Locked On Nuggets podcast, part of Locked On NBA Network. I'm your host, Adam Mades from DenverStiffs.com, the largest oldest best Denver Nuggets blog on the web if you're a Nuggets fan you need to check out denverstiffs.com we've got so much great coverage guys I'm so proud of the staff this week at Denver Stiffs I think we've got probably a record number of articles this week we have so many they don't even fit on the first page so if you've been going to Denver Stiffs and you haven't caught all of the articles you need to scroll down we're at the point now we're covering the team so thoroughly you got to scroll down to get all the stuff that we're doing I think we had 10 articles yesterday we had like seven today we got highlight videos we've got we got everything guys we got an interview in fact yesterday i did an interview with coach nick of b-ball breakdown for the locked on nuggets podcast if you missed that one you're going to want to check it out because uh, he gushes about Nikola Jokic you can just tell how much coach nick loved uh, loves Jokic and, and it's just so high on him as a prospect and as a player and we see why this podcast obviously is going to recap the game against the San Antonio Spurs, which I'm going to go ahead and dub a good loss. I, I know there was a lot of things playing into it. Um, you know, the Spurs didn't have their full roster, and, and uh, Popovich got thrown out. You know, you never want to say it's a good loss, but look, the Spurs have been the best team in the NBA over the last month and a half. And then that's just a fact. I mean, they're the number one defense, or number one defense, I believe the number one off, or no, maybe they're the number two defense and number one offense over that stretch. Um, just really hitting their stride. And even though they were missing Pau Gasol, uh, Tony Parker, they still had a lot of really, really good players. Obviously, Kawhi Leonard's still there, maybe the MVP, or at least in the discussion, Marcus Aldridge. And I thought the Nuggets played really well. And the Nuggets themselves tonight were shorthanded. No Danilo Gallinari, no Wilson Chandler. It means they were missing both of their small forwards and really missing a lot of their flexibility, um, you know, to slide one of those guys over over to the power forward position. Um, Gary Harris, obviously, who I think is increasingly be, being missed. Um, but, you know, the Nuggets hung tight. They really outplayed San Antonio or I should say played even with San Antonio minus this like three-minute stretch in the third quarter to start the third quarter. Um, and it, it's funny because I've been watching San Antonio. I'm writing about them for Vice for tomorrow. And they're a team that this is this is who they are. They're a team that plays 48 minutes very, very focused. They, they've got 12 guys on the roster that can play, and any of them that get in, they just don't screw up. I mean, it's kind of crazy watching the Spurs and then watching every other NBA team because every other NBA team, there's, there's teams with more talent or whatever, 
Um, but teams, but but this Spurs team, they just don't skip beats. They almost never go on prolonged droughts or prolonged periods where they can't stop somebody. Um, they go, they rarely make the wrong read on the offensive side of the floor more than once or twice in a row. They just they just execute and pass the ball and move and they're smart. They've got a bunch of really smart guys. And and watching them this week, I think. Uh, the thought that keeps coming to me is, you know, the Nuggets are trying to become the San Antonio Spurs. They really are. And they've got the cornerstone piece in Nikola Jokic, who is, you know, not to compare him to Tim Duncan, um, but, you know, he kind of is the Nuggets as Tim Duncan and that he's this, like, super fundamental, unselfish cornerstone piece with a great attitude that everybody loves playing with um, and is exceeding everybody's wildest expectations for him. And then you got a bunch of other players that you know are kind of falling in line. I I actually always said that I think Moutier should the player that he should copy the most is Tony Parker, and I know the two guys are completely different just from a physical standpoint. Um, Tony Parker's like incredibly quick, uh, but but Moutier, you know, he has some quickness, he has some size. They're they're a little bit different physically, but I think they both can kind of run the point guard position the same way. And and what I mean is. Tony Parker is a guy that attacks, and he has great timing, he's crafty, he's smart, and he just keeps attacking the rim. But the thing he does not do is he does not force shots ever, ever. He never attacks and says, ah, this didn't work out how I planned, I'm just going to fire it up. He attacks and he reads very quickly whether he gained an advantage on the defense. And if he did, then he continues and follows through with the attack. And if he sees somebody open, he gets the kick kick out or drop off. And if he doesn't, he just resets or he just moves the ball. And I think at his best, Moutier has been doing that over the last... um, you know, month and a half, really, since the lineup change at his best. But it just hasn't been consistent. And, of course, consistency is going to be the last thing to come for Moutier. But I just think he can steal a page from from Tony's Parker's book uh, on the offensive end. But let's get into some of the notes on this game. Juancho Hernan Gomez gets the start, gets the nod to start, and actually played a lot of minutes tonight, 38 minutes. Um, I thought the first stretch, the opening stretch for him was just incredible. I mean... It was the story of the first quarter for me. Uh, all the other stuff going on, the story was Wancho and how well he was uh, just doing everything and how hard he was playing. He he saved, I don't know, maybe a half dozen possessions. They, they credited him with two offensive rebounds, but he affected uh, a handful of more offensive rebound opportunities. And uh, it was just awesome to watch. It was fun watching Fareed and Wancho both on the court together because that is so much energy. And both of those guys, you know, Wancho obviously has some skill as well, but both of those guys just, like, hunt for the basketball and don't give up and are just relentless. And it was kind of fun to watch because as good as the Spurs are, they didn't really have an answer for those two guys on these hustle plays. Um, So I thought he was really, really great. He finished, he had, I think, a steal, a block, Five rebounds, one assist, and a, and a bucket in that first quarter alone. Just an impressive performance from him, uh, given that he's a rookie. And i got to say, I've thought this for a while now. We haven't seen nearly enough of it to for me to really... I, I think it's reckless to have opinions about guys when you haven't seen enough minutes. And watch as a guy, like, I just haven't seen enough minutes. I saw him at Summer League, and then I see him spot minutes in preseason, and then even less minutes in games. But I gotta say, I'm really, really high on him, and I'm high on the idea of him. I think he could be a really great player, 
Um, and not just a great player, a great fit alongside Nikola Jokic. I tweeted out during the game that I think he's my third favorite prospect on this team. And if you consider the prospects to be everybody Gary Harris's age and younger, um, that's saying an awful lot. I mean, I think obviously Jokic is number one. Uh, you're looking at Jamal Murray, I think, at this point as number two. But uh, but I think Wancho is right there. And then guys like Gary Harris and Moutier right there as well, uh, especially with how Moutier has been playing lately. The Nuggets, I mean, these prospects I think are really good. Wancho's a guy, this year he was supposed to, you know, they didn't know if he was even going to come over this year. He was going to be a draft and stash player. And he played so well in the preseason and he pressed so many people with the the short training camp that they had that they said, you know, let's bring him over. This is like a, this year is a gimme. This year, if all he did was sit on the bench and never played, I think it still would have been a positive. But he gets to get in there and play and show off what he can do, and I'm just so impressed. Once he adds about 15 pounds of muscle and a little bit more confidence, I just I can't wait to see what this guy does because I actually think he is going to be a big part of the team's future, uh, or at least he has the potential to be. We did see Jokic and Nurkic together tonight. We have It's always exciting when we see it. I mean, even though that experiment has kind of gone by the wayside with the Nuggets and it appears that you know Nurkic only gets really 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 inconsistent minutes now it's you still kind of like the idea of those two guys being able to play together and tonight they got minutes mostly because nobody else was there you know they were so limited with their options that Darrell Arthur also out so um they they played him but the interesting thing to me was that they actually ran what I've been calling for they ran a drag screen on the very first play now, I actually didn't like the drag stream that they ran. They ran it on, like, the uh, the wing, the free-throw line extended wing. And it, it it produced an actually decent look, but not um, it's not the way I would have run it. I'd, I'd much rather run it flat at the top of the key. Um, but the idea was still the same. I can't remember. I'll have to go back and watch this game to know. But, you know, they ran the double drag screen. Will Barton was the ball handler. And one of them dove to the rim and one of them popped. And I just think that's such a, an incredible and awesome just possibility for this team when you have two guys that are relatively skilled obviously Jokic on a different level but it's just such an interesting an interesting idea to try out and I'm happy that that we got to see it a little bit Jokic I thought so first of all 35 points a career high he had uh, 12 rebounds four assists two block shots and he shot 63 and a half percent again from the field I mean the guy I'm telling you, every day I'm going to say it, I keep waiting for him to have a slump. And last night, uh, or or the other day against the the Lakers, he kind of had a slump. He shot 57%. But we just keep waiting for it to happen, and it never happens. 35 points, 12 rebounds, 4 assists, really got hot in the fourth quarter when, um, you know... (laughs) The game, it wasn't, out, it wasn't out of reach, but it was almost out of reach, and he kind of just single-handedly was keeping them in it. He finished with 14 points in the fourth quarter, both of his block shots. That's weird that they gave him both block shots in the fourth. I could have sworn he had blocks or steals earlier on the game, so maybe he kind of got shortchanged there. Uh, and then four rebounds, two on the offensive end. And really, really great fourth quarter. The funny thing is, and I, I, I've been his biggest fan and his biggest, the biggest believer in him and his game, and I've and I've been, and I have to like shift my mind frame now because twenty games, the twenty game sample size we're talking about now, this guy's good. He's not just good. He's he's number one option on a very good team. Good, and who knows what his ceiling is? I have no idea. I didn't. I thought this was his ceiling, and he's doing this as a twenty one year old, and the first time he's ever gotten thirty plus minutes consistently, and this is what he's doing. So who knows what his ceiling is? 
Um, but there are you do have to kind of look at now. You know, the points, I didn't think he would ever be able to score this many points consistently, and now he is. The rebounds, I didn't know if he'd be this kind of rebounder, you know, just in terms of totals, but he is. The passing, I always thought, and four assists tonight, I'm going to get into some of that. That's actually low for him. But um, but now you have to kind of look at the weaknesses and kind of, and not, not really let them not you, but you kind of have to at least acknowledge them and see where they are. And his biggest weakness, I thought, over this 20-game stretch is the defensive glass that he gets pushed out uh, a lot and just gets out-muscled a lot down low. Tonight, uh, David Lee, five offensive rebounds, almost every single one of them on Jokic. I know for a fact that one of those was not necessarily his fault. I th- somebody jumped out at a LaMarcus Aldridge pump fake, and he he kind of started to rotate over to stop Aldridge. Aldridge shot it anyway, and then Jokic is out of position to rebound. So that one's kind of his fault. We'll give him, it's like a 50% chance, or 50% blame. It's like a half sack or something, I don't know. But um, all the other ones was just him being down low on the block and getting moved out and out hustled. You know, Lee is strong, but he's also really quick and jumps well. And I think I think agility also kind of plays into Jokic's weaknesses. But also on free throws, he's been a surprisingly bad rebounder on free throws when he has that inside position, in part because guys can just push him. So that's going to be it's going to be really interesting how he approaches this off season because I th- I don't think that's something he can necessarily improve in season. Although, who knows? I mean, I doubt this guy. He proves you wrong every time. But um, I think it's something that he's just going to have to really put the effort in in the offseason. And and that'll be the big test for him. I mean, now that he's in the big leagues. I mean, look, it's crazy to say. I think Nikola Jokic is a top 20 player in the NBA right now as a 21-year-old. A top 20. Maybe top 15, you know, if he continues to play like he has for the month of January. Um, and it's just, it's nuts to even think that and say it out loud, but that's what, what kind of ceiling he is. It's going to be interesting to see what his mind frame is this off season. If he really steps up and pushes himself and his body, uh, I was talking with some of the other blockers, Harrison Wynn and Jeff Morton, Nate Timmons, and just saying like, what is his physical ceiling? Not forget the skill and the impact and all that stuff. Just what can he do? Is he always going to be this slow? And, and, you know, close to the ground. And if he is, he's figured out a way how to make it work. But can he just get to kind of a baseline average level of athleticism, um, you know, maybe as mobile as a guy like LaMarcus Aldridge or somewhere in there, a guy that's not doesn't blow you away with his athleticism but can still, you know, outquick somebody with a shot fake one dribble dunk, um, which Jokic doesn't really have that. He has like a shot fake slow one dribble floater. But um, if he just improves the athleticism a little bit, I think even defensively, then you're just talking about an insane player because he's already a top two or three most uh, impactful offensive center. And then if he can just become athletic, his, he's smart enough, he can become a top ten defensive center or top, you know, whatever. And then you're just talking about a superstar stud that, that, I mean, then we can really change the conversation and let ourselves get carried away. But the rebounding tonight killed him. And as much as he helped him, obviously, with 35-12-4, looked like the best player on the court, that one weakness, the rebounding, really killed the Nuggets tonight. And, and he was a big part of it. It has to be mentioned. Other thing that has to be mentioned, Emmanuel Moutier. Not a bad game on the offensive end. 12 points, 2 assists, 1 rebound, 2 steals. 40% shooting, which for a Moutier is, you know, not bad at all. Uh, two for four from the three-point line. But, DeWanta Murray, the guy he's guarding, a rookie, and, and I mean, a pretty good rookie. He looked great tonight. 24 points. Moutier has to start taking it personally that guys are torturing uh, torturing him. A rookie, a rookie 
who is being handed the keys, gets 35 minutes, shoots 7 for 11, and drops 24 points on him, was a plus 23. You can't let a rookie, and not even a rookie, but not a blue-chip rookie, at least coming into the draft, you can't you can't let him torch you if you were going to be a cornerstone point guard on a team. He has to have a chip on his shoulder and take that a little bit more personally. And I see Moutier accept the challenge against D'Angelo Russell and has a really, really good focus game, especially on the offensive end. He's got to he's got to bring that every night, and you know I hope Malone is in his ear in a productive way, saying, "Hey, Dewante Murray just put up 24 on you. What do you think about that?" You know, um, he's got to get a little bit more of that dog in him. Jamal Murray got the hot hand for a, a little while tonight. It was kind of nice. Jamal Murray had been in such a slump, and even tonight, four of 15, not exactly great. Certainly not great shot selection. And but it was nice to see him get hot for just a moment. Two two made threes, two of eight, so not a great percentage. I uh, did have six rebounds, two assists. Um, but it was just nice to see flashes of that Jamal Murray we know, the one that can make tough shots and has this feel for the game. And then hey, we saw this in practice the other day, but he has some hops in him. He has some sneaky hops, uh, sneaky athleticism. He put down a really, really, really nice dunk. And, uh, you know, it's just encouraging. This was a cool game because the Spurs were playing their young guys. You know, you had all, all of their, their young core, Simmons and Deadman, uh, Bertans, who I actually really liked, and Murray all playing. And then the Nuggets have their young guns playing. Obviously, the Moutier and Jokic, who always play, but then Wancho and Jamal Murray getting some good run. And it was just kind of a cool game because you chalk this one up as a, a schedule loss anyway. The, how much the Nuggets have been playing and traveling lately. But for them to, you know, kind of be like a young player showcase, I thought was really cool. Lastly, I do want to talk about Gary Harris because as well as Moody, as, as Jokic and the Nuggets have played tonight, I still think that the Nuggets have not given Jokic the right touches and, and haven't had the proper spacing and cutting um, over the last three games, really. And I have to credit a lot of that to, or I have to assume that a lot of that has to do with Gary Harris. And a lot of people say, you know, well, Gary Harris is a guy that they have a connection with the with the cut. But I think another part of it, and I was thinking this today when I was watching it, is that Gary Harris likes to pass the ball to Jokic because he knows he'll get it back. And the other guys have paid lip service to that effect. You know, the kind of like, you know, when he's got it, you want to cut. But I don't know that other players like actively look for him when they get, when they get the ball to try to do that give and go or the give and curl around. And Gary Harris is the one and he Jokic picks up one or two assists per game just off of that and I think other players start to see it and give him the ball more. His assist numbers have been pretty low over the last few games and I think that has a lot to do with it. So Gary Harris hopefully recovering soon from that uh ankle injury. I'd hate it if he had to miss another week or two um just cuz I think the Nuggets are a completely different team when he is able to play. Those are all the big notes for tonight, guys. I thought, it, you know, again, a kind of bit of a schedule loss despite the fact that the Spurs were missing people, Nuggets also missing people, but it was a good loss because, man, how much fun has this season become after December 15th when the Nuggets finally realized that Nikola Jokic was their best player and they put the ball in his hands and he has really just taken it to a, whole, a level that I don't think anybody uh, ever thought of. Malone certainly didn't when he told us all two months ago that Jokic isn't the same player he was last year. Uh, he's right. He's much, much, much better. So enjoy it, guys, because this was always going to be a rebuilding year. We're still pushing for the eighth seed. 
But if you're going to lose games, man, you might as well lose them with as much promise and and as many highlights and as just just pure awesomeness as this one was. We'll be back tomorrow. Hopefully the Nuggets practice tomorrow. I'm not sure if they will. But if they do, I'll be there and I'll have a report from it. And tomorrow night's Locked on Nuggets podcast. We'll see you soon. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa auto parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17